Here we go. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Low Light Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean. That is your other host, Darkies. Darkies. Uh, we are. You just called me Darkies. No, I said Marquise. You said it. You put a D in front of my name. No. No, okay. you're mishearing things. You, you, you can hear this back, people. America, you can hear this back. He said Darkies. I would never. That's racist. Um, This is the Untitled Sports Podcast, where we're going to talk about basketball, mainly the NBA, uh, also mainly the 76ers, because we're biased and we don't care. We don't. Um. So, but besides the 76ers, I actually want to start things off by giving uh, Marquise some credit because Thank you. Thank you. it turns out Marquise might actually be psychic. It turns I out- said I didn't see the Celtics winning another game. You said they were going to split in Boston, but after that, it was probably over. And lo and behold, they split in Boston and went back to San Fran and Golden State beat them um, by 10 points. So I appreciate I appreciate. You know, you know, yes. you noticing me. I appreciate you noticing me, but it's yeah, still bro. one more game for them to win the championship. I think they still have it. I think yeah. Boston is defeated. Uh, you saw body language um, because yeah. they I mean, they blew this game. They blew the last two games. Honestly, yeah. it, they blew the last two games. Um, and that's when the Golden State's experience kicks in because they've yeah. been there before. They know what it takes. And, and, it, and it really showed um, game four and game five. I think at this point you're really just rooting for yourself to be right. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the only I think that's the only reason you're like one more game. Job's not finished. Job's not finished, man. Job's not finished. Job's one, not done. One more game, Golden State. We got one more game before I'm I'm before I'm a prophet. Yeah, before I'm the prophet, man. I listen. If I, you get this right, you will have a better percentage, a better guessing percentage already than Stephen A. Smith. Yes. You will be one for one. I mean, he did pick the Warriors, but uh, he did like go back on his word when he saw Boston yeah. give him that work that that uh, game one. Yeah, and we can't forget the span of what was it six or seven years when he picked the wrong team to win the finals. Yeah, for like seven years he picked, straight, he picked the Rockets to make it to the finals that year that uh, CP got injured. Yep. Yep. Not even just to make it, just to win the finals. Yeah, like he, he had them winning. He picked the wrong team every year. No, no, no. I mean, like once the oh, finals once they got started. There. Okay. Once they got yeah, there. once they got there, he picked the wrong team for seven years straight. Yep. I believe it was seven or six. It's but it's terrible. I guess. You're already off to a better start. I need one more game. You one, need one more game. game. One more game. One more game before Marquise gets his finals MVP. My finals MVP. I'm still in the finals MVP from Steph Curry. Just like Andrew Wiggins. Oh, God. If that And you know what's crazy? So let's talk about that. Yes, sir. So Andrew Wiggins had a really good game. And already it seems like people are more excited about that than the game that Steph just had in, what was it, game four? Game four, we dropped 43. Right. Because I guess people have just come to expect that from Steph, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I think because people are going to point to the defense that Andrew Wiggins has played on Jason Tatum this whole series, combined with the fact that he just went off in game five. If he when does Steph it again, struggled. when stuff struggle, when stuff struggle, if he does it again, Andrew Wiggins has a legit chance of winning finals MVP, which is crazy to me. That's crazy. It's not crazy to me because I see, uh, I seen Andre Iguodala win it for the same fucking reason. 
But that was crazy. That was crazier. Because LeBron still averaged 35 points in that playoff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got a finals MVP for being a defensive stopper, and the guy you were guarding went off didn't constantly. Stop. You didn't stop him at all. You didn't um, stop him. It was like, hey. If anything, you made it inconvenient for him. But right. he's, he did it. Like, he still went off. It was just everyone else around him. Yeah. Which wasn't much because Kyrie and Kevin were injured. So, Car- yeah. <laughs> it's like. So, it's, you know, listen. Andre Iguodala is Hall of Famer, man. First ballot Hall of Famer. One of the best players to God. ever play the game. Um, You know. It, and he's, he's still on the Warriors, right? Andre Iguodala is on the Warriors, yes. Yeah. He came back this year. So, if he if they win, Andre Iguodala will have another championship, Four championships. along with a finals MVP. Four championships, finals MVP. Uh, he will have just as many championships and one more finals MVP than Steph Curry. Yes. He Even have, though he, will have, he got it by being carried by Steph Curry. He will have just the same uh, amount of championships as LeBron in, in three less finals MVPs. Can you imagine that? Kobe Bryant only has. Imagine Andre Iguodala is a first ballot Hall of, Hall of Famer. Hey, bro, listen. He got. He went there. He changed his role. They made him come off the bench. He took it with a stride. And I mean, listen. Uh, it, listen. To win Finals MVP off the bench. Yes. Off the that bench. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. You don't see shit like that unless like it's in college. Like Dante no, Divincenzo because you're came not off supposed the bench. to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like Dante Divincenzo came off the bench and won. The uh the MVP of the tournament because he just went off. Exactly. But that's college. <laughs> that's college. And he played even though he came off the bench, he played starters minutes. Yeah. Which Iguodala does as well, or did in yeah. that series, but only because he had to guard LeBron. Yeah. Which he didn't because they didn't particularly trust, do all that well because they didn't trust Harrison Barnes on on LeBron. So they was like, "Hey Iggy, you got that." I mean, and that was what. Six years ago? Six no, actually no. Uh, uh seven years ago because seven years ago. Six years ago. No, longer than that. God damn. I'm thinking of this like is two thousand twenty. It's two thousand twenty two. Wasn't it? That was twenty fifteen when they won their first championship. Seven years, yeah. Yeah. Dope. Dope. <laughs> Time Can flies. you imagine like and Steph is how old is Steph? Thirty four? Yes. The Warriors are scary. They're scary, bro. And then on top of that, they have options to either rebuild, have a team under them rebuilding, or add another star, a legit star that wants out because yep. they have all these young pieces. Yep. And they still have all their draft picks. Yep. They're, they're a very scary team. Uh, as Like I said. there's They're one of the few teams, Golden State and Miami, are one of the – are basically the two only teams that if if Joel and B requested a trade, they're probably the only two teams that can give you what you want. Yeah. Like and and it'd be a fair trade. And and, and Joel gets to a place where he can actually win. Yep. So yeah, that is that is it. Because just as much because obviously Joel loves Jimmy, but Joel loves Steph too. Mm-hmm. Like they hang out a lot. They're both under team under armor. I think he would more so want to go to Miami than uh, Golden State because I think so too. His, his connection with Jimmy is stronger. I think so too, and I think Miami will utilize him in the way that he more so wants to. Whereas Golden State, they don't really use their bigs 
the the same way. Like they're they're more so just like screen setters and like you know rebounders get putbacks. Even when they had Boogie, they kind of barely used him. I mean, he got injured also, so he, never he did. Really but got even in. before that, like, all right, well, you can go even further back than Andrew Bogut. Like Andrew Bogut was not a scorer. Like they weren't throwing the ball to him. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure, for sure. So I think, um, I think, I think that's one of the main reasons why. Obviously, if he just wants to win, then Golden State's the better option. But. The same reason I would be scared if Joel and B went to Miami is the same reason I wanted to trade Ben Simmons for Chris Paul when Chris Paul was in OKC. Yeah, because Miami makes people monsters. Like yep. just they just make them monsters. Tyler Hero was cool coming out of Kentucky. They made Tyler Hero a monster. Bam was cool coming out of Kentucky. They made damn they got two Kentucky guys. They made Bam into a monster. Victor Oladipo. That's was why a that's, no name. I, that's was damn near out the that's league. That's part of the reason why I give. That's part of the reason why I, I personally give Kentucky more credit for that than because we talk about we talked about that in the last podcast about yeah. how people from Kentucky just come out ready. And and the reason I wanted Chris Paul when when um before OKC for Phoenix eventually traded for him is because Chris Paul made DeAndre Jordan a first team All NBA player. Imagine Chris Paul with a Joel Embiid, bro. Look at what he just did. And Chris Paul has never had a, a player like Joel Embiid. To to be fair, James Harden hasn't either. But James Harden has shown on multiple occasions that when it comes to the playoffs, he's not the same guy. Not- whereas Chris, on the other hand, whereas Chris, on the other hand, when he's healthy, he's great preseason, like regular season and postseason. Um, he's had he'll have a couple bad games like here and there, but for the most part, like he's he can carry a team still. A pick and roll. Like if you put the right pieces around him, he can get he can win you a game almost by himself. A pick and roll with Chris Paul and Joel Embiid would be the most dangerous shit in fucking history, because Joel's not a yeah. lob catcher, but he can catch some bitches. Like like Joel, the yeah. reason Joel doesn't jump like he did his rookie year is because they told his ass not to. They literally yeah, told exactly. his ass not to. Man used to jump on He's his... shown on multiple occasions he can still get up. He just does right. it. Want to. Same with Blake. Right. Like I, th- Blake I think I think I think I think Blake Blake is more so won't. I think Blake is more so age than 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 the fact that he can't do it anymore. I think his age is right. catching up to him. Um I just think... But I think he also I think it's I think it's him being aware of his age. Yes. Not necessarily his age restricting him. I think he's like, look, I'm older now. I I simply can't afford. Right. I want to be the league the possibility longer. of getting injured. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you're already on minimums. You're already on vet minimums. So it's like, right. it's starting to wind down. Like once you're on a vet in minimum, a way, Le- I, I was gonna say in a way, LeBron is kind of the same way right now. Like he can still get up, but he just kind of yeah. doesn't. So like I was saying about Blake is like once you're on a veteran minimum, it's hard as fuck to get off that mm-hmm. shit. It's hard as shit yeah. to get off of it, especially when you're injury prone and people know that you're injury prone. Like Boogie, Boogie's going to constantly have one year deals. He's never going to get a multi year yep. deal anymore, unless if he does, it's going to be two years. If Blake does, it's going to be two he years. Won't, it's not going to be any. Three he won't years be able to years. do it until he has a successful, at least seventy plus game season. I think seventy two, seventy three. I think what Boogie did in Denver resonated enough for him to be full time back in the NBA. Yeah. 
Like he should be back there. Yeah. Blake Blake has to show more. Blake has to show a lot fucking more. And I just don't think he can. Boogie essentially is in the same position as Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's your ideal backup center. What do you think about like, the chances of Boogie? Teams are going to want him. Boogie coming to our team. I think the chances are kind of slim. I think as of right now, purely because of age, I think we're probably going to be more focused on bringing back Andre. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, Boogie Boogie was drafted in what 2010, and yeah. uh, Andre Drummond was drafted in 2012. So I mean, but well, remember, but also remember, Andre Drummond was he came out. He was he was younger, like it was, it was like, like Jason Tatum. Yeah. It was like yeah, 18. it was like Jason Tatum. Like when he came out, when Jason Tatum came out, he was like barely nineteen. Yeah, he, was, so he, he turned, was still one of the he was one of the youngest people, probably the youngest in that draft class, at least in the top five. He turned he turned nineteen during the season. Right, yeah. I think Andre Drummond was the yeah. same way. Yeah, he came so out I think Drummond's really, shit. I think yeah. Drummond's really like three or four years younger than Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, I think so too. Man, you want to you want to hop into some rumors? Yes, absolutely. Want to hop into some rumors? Off, off the top, off the top. We're, I'm citing my sources. This is NBA Central. You have to cite okay. your sources. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not coming up with these. I don't know anybody. Dude, this is the third episode of a podcast. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. don't think I know We anybody. don't have connections. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. But we will. Allen Iverson comes into the store every now and then, but we don't really, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't really talk to him. I mean, Paul Reed, Paul Reed comes into the store, you know? Paul, yeah. Yep, Paul, yep. man. He's a legend. Yep. He's a legend. Yep. Report. Detroit Pistons widely expected to trade Jeremy Grant. My question to you uh, is yeah. what is the best fit for Jeremy Grant? Um the best fit for Jeremy Grant. The best fit is probably Hmm, that's a good question. Because he's one of those players that can fit in he can fit in in a lot of different spaces. Yes, sir. But who needs him? Like, really needs him? I have a. Place. I would say, I would say maybe Portland. That's that's it. That's that's the one. Because they have Portland, the seventh pick. Yeah. And Jeremy, and they have cap space, so they could well, do Jeremy they, for seven straight up. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. They they clear cap space to do it. Um, I don't know, Jeremy. Portland, is, maybe even Chicago. I don't know if Chicago has the cap space, but Chicago as well. Like if, because obviously you know, I think Patrick Williams is the future. But if for whatever reason, like you decide, maybe his injury is maybe he comes back and he's not the same, or whatever the case may be, I think Jeremy Grant can give you what Patrick Williams gives you. If I'm Chicago, I'm not doing that for the simple fact that not, I'm not trading. I'm not trading Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant. No, I'm saying I'm saying like in, in a situation of just acquiring Jeremy Grant either way, oh, any okay, way you okay. could, um, because Chicago has a ceiling, like they have a ceiling, like mm-hmm. a like a legit ceiling. Um, also another report is Zach Levine is expected to resign with Chicago, so they have a ceiling. Zach Levine okay. is only going to get you so far. Demar Derozan is getting up in age, and Vucevic is already showing that he's starting to decline. Mm, Patrick, okay. Trading Patrick Williams does not make sense. Trading no, like, no, no. I don't. I don't say trade Pat, Patrick Williams. No, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying, saying trading like Kobe White and maybe picks okay. for Jeremy Grant. Not not Patrick Williams. You don't trade Patrick. Williams. No, I'm saying like if I'm a team like Detroit, 
and, oh, okay. and, and and the pick the pick is not as good as the seven pick that I would be getting from Portland. I would want something a young asset where it's like Kobe White is cool, but Kobe White is being shopped to everybody. Whereas though Patrick Williams, you don't want to trade Patrick Williams because I know what you know that he he can blossom into like not a Kawhi, but like one of those three and yeah. D, one of them primary three D stars. So yeah. you know they they probably they probably going to want uh, Patrick Williams. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, but yeah, Portland's the best. Uh, Portland, maybe even um, Dallas. Uh, yes, actually, that's a, actually a good fit. Um, Somebody who played defense, yeah. Yeah, Portland, Dallas. I mean, maybe even Denver. Aaron Gordon's doing. Aaron Gordon is doing great in that role, but because Michael Porter Jr. is so injury prone. To have a lineup of Aaron Gordon, Nikola, Nikola Jokic, and Jeremy Grant would mm-hmm. be a huge boost. So this is my thing. Um, Denver made a trade. They made the first trade of our off season. Um, mm-hmm. They traded Jermichael Green to Oklahoma to get the 30th pick. So now right. they have 22 and 30, and they're looking to get an established star. So maybe they do bring back uh, bring back uh, Jeremy. But they're going to have to trade a, a Aaron Gordon because they don't have that many players uh, on a contract. Yeah, on a contract for next season, um, they could do a couple signer trades, but like still wasn't equal up to what Jerry's making. I think he's making twenty twenty million. Yeah, twenty million, twenty four. It goes up to like twenty four or something like that. Yeah. Um. So they, they're going to have maybe have to trade a Aaron Gordon. Um. Which would benefit them. I mean, honestly, because Jeremy Grant is a better Aaron uh, Aaron Gordon. Um, right. And the fact that he can – he's not a great shooter, but he's way better than Aaron Gordon in the, in the sense that Aaron Gordon you – can, you can afford to leave Aaron Gordon open. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think I, – I think I mean, they're they're acquiring the picks. They have 22 and 30 now. Um, yeah. With Aaron Gordon, I mean, I think that's that's a pick that Detroit should look at definitely when you're a rebuilding team. Yep. And even if they don't want to keep both picks, you could just use them to just move up. A spot or mm-hmm. two, um, and they've done a great job drafting. I mean, when your 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 franchise player was drafted in the second round, uh, I think yeah. <laughs> I think you could say you do a pretty great job at drafting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, next, um, oh, wait, you want to go ahead and say something? No, I was gonna say. It's tough because I don't know who they would move for him, but Sacramento. Harrison Barnes. I'm not trading the fourth pick for Jeremy Grant. No, no. I feel I feel like seventh is Harrison Barnes and what? Baby Davion? Because like for, for the position, this is the reason I'm saying this. Portland wants to win. So trading a seventh pick for Jeremy Grant makes sense. Whereas though yeah. Sacramento should not be looking to win because you're not. You're just you're just not gonna win with yeah. the deep yeah. pieces you have that. And fourth, I think I think Sacramento should go in a rebuild. I, you saw it. You saw it go through. You probably want to give it a full season of them being together, but I, it's definitely a cap. There's definitely a cap. There's definitely a cap there, and mm-hmm. that that cap is playing probably. Yeah, I mean, they're they're in an interesting position because obviously the West is kind of like in a weird flux right now, where the Lakers aren't good, Portland's kind of rebuilding, sort of retooling. retooling I guess. Yeah. Golden State's great again. 
Houston's not really good. Like even the teams that are good are not that good. Would you like, would you say like, he could be Utah the, is not that good. Like would you, would you trade a Jeremy Grant to Minnesota? Where do they have some contracts? Yeah. That, that they could want to move and Jeremy Grant would sit next to Cat because Cat's a shooter and Jeremy Grant could be a slasher. Right. That would be a great fit. And not only that, I mean, you would need somebody who can play off the ball regardless because you also have Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell on the team. So when Cat doesn't have the ball, you still have two fairly ball-dominant guards. Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards isn't isn't really that ball-dominant, but two guards that are best with the ball in their hands. They don't really move off the ball super well. He should be. He's the best player on that fucking team. He should be, yeah. He, he should, should be. be. If anything... If anything, I, if I'm Minnesota, I'm I might look to trade Cat. I would too. Uh, I said that first episode. I said they should they should they should look. And you said that I think there's, there's an age gap. There's a big age gap between them two. Yeah, and I think if you're, this is just me. I think if you're Minnesota and you see what's going on in Phoenix, Cat for DeAndre Ayton. Mm. You get younger. A, yeah, you get younger. Yeah, Cat for DeAndre Aiden and maybe a pick from Phoenix because do they still have their pick? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I, I doubt it. Um, because they didn't trade it damn near everything. Yeah, I think I think but, that's the that's the trade that's the pick that uh. No, 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 never mind, never mind. I was about to say that I think that's the pick that OKC had, but OKC had the thirtieth, and thirtieth normally goes to the team, the best team. Yeah. So it might have been Phoenix's. It might, yeah, it might it might have been Phoenix's pick that. Yeah, that Denver now has. So yeah, so if I'm if I'm Minnesota, cat for cat for uh, you know for DeAndre Ayton, um, I would think of yeah, it is Phoenix's pick. Yeah, you know, I would I would think about it. Maybe even a, maybe a future first round pick. Oh, I don't know how many. Fe- if I'm Phoenix, Phoenix. Did I mean, th- if I'm Minnesota, did Phoenix trade a lot of picks in that Chris Paul deal? Because I know they killed they traded uh, Kelly Oubre. Um, some other. Oh no, no, it doesn't matter. But um, next, next, next topic. This topic is this topic hits home. Okay, it hits home. Three hours ago, it was reported by Keith Pompey. Keith Pompey is a widely known reporter in Philadelphia. Uh, works mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer, right? Yes. Yeah. The Philadelphia Sisters are gouging trade interest in Tobias Harris. Matisse Did you say gouging. Di- yeah, it says gouging. Gauging. Gauging. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm editing that shit out. The Philadelphia Sisters. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, come on. I'm not going to edit it out. I'm editing that shit out. Um, the, Phil- <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers are gouging. Trade like, no, are gauging. <laughs> are gauging trade interest in Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz for some reason. Danny Green in the number twenty three <laughs> pick. Uh, that's everyone. That's <laughs> everyone not yeah, named to pretty much. It's, everybody. It's everyone besides your big three. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and Charles Charles Bassey. So yay. Yeah. Tell and me. Paul Reed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Isaiah Joe. Yeah. I and, mean, and Jaden Springer. <laughs> yeah. It it makes sense, right? Um. Can we can the we like is, can we try to make a trade for each of these people? You could, you could. 
You like, could make a trade. Like I would even argue, you could package Furkan and Shake together and just get like second round picks, hmm. just to cut salary, just to cut money. So I, that way, if you want, after you maybe trade Danny Green, you could actually go out and sign people. Because right right now, the biggest issue I see is the bench. It's not Tobias. It's not. I mean, Tobias's contract is yeah. an issue, but so is James. But it's not really the money. It's or or the players. Like I really feel like our, our starting five is is great. Besides Danny, Danny's the weakest link. And I said this before. I don't know whether I said it on here or I said it when I was doing a live stream. We're gonna trade Tobias and immediately look for a power forward like Tobias. Right. Like right. The only thing wrong with Tobias is his contract. I think the, the he's the glue guy. He keeps the back mm-hmm. room in check. He's the the guy everybody goes to. Um, so losing him is going to take a chemistry hit. It yeah. is. Danny Green also became one of those guys. So, yeah. um, so that's going to be a chemistry hit. So it's it's also kind of if if you're keeping Doc Rivers because you want uh con- continuity or whatever the fuck it is, then you should you should probably to trade Tobias should be your last option. But it also has to be one of the first ones because if you could trade Tobias and turn Tobias into that kind of a, what they did with Perzingis, where you get two players back, and uh, you know for that one contract, then you probably have to do that because the contract. The only reason why I'm I'm hesitant to do that is because if we get two players back, right, and the money equals out, that means we still can't sign anybody. So if those two players that we get back are not a power, neither one is a power forward, then we're still in a hole because now we have to move somebody like George Niang or Paul Reed up to the starting power forward position. And the two players that we got back are probably going to be coming off the bench because if they're guards, nobody's starting over Tyrese and and James, at least – at least nobody I see that we can get in a trade for Tobias. Mm, how can I put this? I think I think that if you're trading Tobias, you're 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 automatically the mindset is to get somebody in to replace him. I think if you trade Tobias, like the for two people, two people are for certain to be gone, and that's Furkan Korkmaz and Danny Green. They are for certain to be gone. Yeah, you got to move Danny. Danny's the Danny. one. Danny's the one must trade. He's the player one on the must team trade. to me. I think Furkan is also because he makes five million, so you got yeah. That's what fifteen million right there that yeah. you you have that that I know is out the door. Yeah, Furkan might be a dump off. Give me a second round pick. You take Furkan type yeah. type shit. Trade him OKC. OKC. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, everything, every fucking trade can involve OKC. OKC. Um, yeah. Matisse you Stiebel, take this five million. We'll take a second round pick. I said this before. Be first. I said this before. I would love a, a Kobe White because Kobe White is a six man. Like he's a mm-hmm. legit bucky getter. Um, I like that Chicago. It's crazy how sh- Chicago fans talk about Kobe White. Like we talk about Matisse Thybulle. Whereas yeah. like it was cool in the beginning. Now it's like, bro, show us something different. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where we'll take it because he fits. What we need and they'll take Matisse because he fits what they need. Defense is definitely a problem for them, especially in the interior because yeah. Vucevic is not good. He's a, he's a yeah. big body. He's a, just a yeah. big body. So I will take Kobe. Every day of the week, so y'all. The only reason, the only reason I'm a little against trading Matisse is because perimeter defense. If we lose Matisse and Danny, we have uh, those are our two best perimeter defenders. But but like my my thought process is like there's going to be something else because you can you could trade. There probably is, but I just don't know what you could trade Matisse and then sign 
Gary Harris for a mid-level exception. And now you have a, a, mm-hmm. a Matisse-like yeah. guy where his defense isn't, shoot. doesn't – it's not as loud as Matisse, but he, he plays defense. It's more like a Drew Holiday where it goes unnoticed. It goes unnoticed, yeah. but the players around the league knows they can play defense. And Gary Harris is a better shooter. He shot 40% from three last year, although it was with the Magic. But it doesn't matter. We'll take that over Matisse shooting 31%. So it, yeah. there, there, there are ways to go about it. I think every move comes with a counter move. So I, that's why right. I kind of look at it with just that trade on on my mind versus the the background. Um, yeah, when I when I think about trading Matisse, I think about we we have to get a shooter. Like yeah. we have to get somebody who can be a key bench piece. If we trade Tobias, we need at least two starting caliber role players in return. Mm. A, a, preferably a power forward and a small forward. But we're like we, two people who can just step right into those positions, which are now, or in this situation, would be vacant. Who would have that, though? Who has a I mean, Utah, you could go, hey, trade Matisse and Tobias and Danny's contract for Bondanovich and Jordan Clarkson. But it's like, does Utah really want to trade Jordan Clarkson? Even though uh, Bogdanovich is, is older than, than Tobias, you would get back a, a, a younger version of that. But uh, I'll tell you right now, I don't think Utah wants to trade Jordan Clarkson if they end up having to move Donovan Mitchell. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, because that's still up in the air. They're not. I don't think they're doing anything until they get that figured out. I think I that think, the the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert situation I think takes priority in Utah. Until then, they're not doing anything because if they lose Donovan Mitchell, I think they blow it up. Yeah, I think um they're going to trade Rudy before they they would trade Donovan. Um, I think but I if, think but if, if Donovan requests a trade, like even if, if he straight up says trade me, I think they blow it up. I think if he think says that's... if he says can you move Gobert. They'll move Gobert, mm-hmm. but if he says I just want, I it's just not going to work. They trade both of them. But the reason I I think Rudy Gobert gets moved this year, I think that he's going to get traded this year, mm-hmm. is because of that reason alone. He's just way better. Um, he's way better. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is way better than Rudy Gobert. Rudy yeah. Gobert goes to another team and he's overpaid. I think he's overpaid now, but he goes to he, another exactly. Exactly. He goes to another team and is like glaringly overpaid. Uh, a team that was interested in him, actually, this is also our next rumor, is the Atlanta Hawks, and they could throw in. Um, let me go down to it. That it was like Capella. a comp- yeah, Ca- Ca- Capella, John Collins. Um, you know, not not all of them together, but like a combination of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ca- Capella, they have like the 16th pick. If I if I'm, uh, I remember, um, Herder. It's- they're not trading Hunter. They're not trading Young, of course. They're not sixteenth. Uh, yep. Yeah. So they're not doing all, trading any of those things. It's more so the, the John Collins, who who they resigned after he wanted to leave last year. Um. Mm-hmm. So you probably should have saw this coming. But Rudy Gobert. This is the thing I want to say for the Atlanta Hawks. Rudy Gobert complained about Donovan Mitchell not playing defense. <laughs> you think he's not going to say some <laughs> shit about Trey Young? Right. Who's like but at the, least Trey Young has at least Trey Young has the excuse sort of of being really undersized. Trey Young is one thing to be undersized. There's another thing to let let people just walk past you. 
Like yeah. Trey Young's defense is is like. But at the same time, Trey, Trey's a better facilitator too. Like, I've seen. I think Trey will get Trey would get uh, Gobert more involved than Donovan does. Now this this is one of the thing I I've seen Muggsy Bowl play more uh, defense than Trey Young. Um, yeah. this is but the thing. He score like Trey Young. He did not. He did not. That's that's kind of the theme, like with a lot of players, is that unless you're in amazing shape, you're not doing it on both ends. There's only certain players in the league, especially guards, who have been able to be lockdown defenders and tremendous scorers at the same time. Jimmy Butler, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. LeBron like, James when he wants to. Well, he's not a guard. Oh, a guard. Okay, my fault. Um, Gary Payton in his younger years. Right, he wasn't like, a people great who are scorer, actually he, people know. who are guarding like your primary ball handler, mm-hmm. Kawhi, um, Kawhi, Paul well, Kawhi is not a guard either. Oh damn, Paul George, Paul George is classified as a guard because he plays you a guard. Yeah, because he because he's with Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, uh, guards. That, that's the yeah. John stuff. John Stockton was a scorer. Oh, not a yeah. He was Steve Nash, not a defender. Jason Kidd, yeah. not really a scorer. He's more of a facilitator. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, but even then, like his defense isn't what it once was. You could maybe chalk that up to age. Yeah, but definitely, most definitely chalk it up to age. Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Like for the most part, you need to be, you need to have pretty good size or be in amazing shape. Okay. Um, when it goes, but to yeah, the- I don't. When, when we talk, to get back on subject, when we talk about what we get in return for Tobias, there's really not that many options out there, except maybe teams that have younger players that aren't on super, like, big contracts that maybe are a little bit slept on. But at the same time, those teams aren't looking for a Tobias Harris, not at $33 million a year. If we're like Detroit. Like, I would gladly give Detroit Tobias Harris and Shake for I, – I would give Detroit Tobias Harris – Shake Milton, and maybe even, maybe even I would give them Tobias Matisse and the twenty third pick for Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay, but they won't do that. You know what's crazy? We were offered that for Ben, for ben Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, I know. I know. Sadiq Bay, who then dropped fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, immediately, immediately. Didn't drop fifty, and I was like, but you know what's crazy? We were supposed to draft him. Remember? Yeah, I remember. We that. were supposed to draft him, and we. What did we do? We traded back, right? Um, what, what year think. was that? What year was that? Sadiq. Um, what draft? Uh, what, what draft. Well, who was the Who was the first pick in that draft? Uh, was it Zion? Was Sadiq in Sadiq in Zion's draft? Was Let that twenty eighteen? 2020, 2020. He was drafted in 2020? Yep. Mm. What pick? What pick was he? He was uh, 19. So I think... Drafted in 2020, pick 19. Yeah, because remember 2019, or no, 2020, we weren't, we were like the sixth seed. 2020, what did we do with our pick? I think we traded. I think we traded it. We traded back. 2020. What Matisse was drafted in 2018 because this is going to be his fourth year. Yeah. Um, drafted but I remember after that was Tyrese. Tyrese was 20. 
20, 2019. There's 2020. Had to be 2020. Yeah, we had the 21st pick. We drafted Tyrese. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think we won that. I do, too. I, I mean, too. If, anything, I, if anything is equal. Sure. I think I think I Tyrese, Tyrese is a better player, but I think Sadiq fits the NBA more, I think, as, as, as a player that you could just put in the corner. I think the reason why, but no, but it wasn't that we traded back. Uh, uh, the Pistons traded up. Okay. Because the Nets actually drafted Sadiq Bey, and they traded to get him. He was supposed to fall to us. You know who the, the who he the, ended uh, up not falling. Was it was it the the Lakers? Did the Lakers draft him? Or was it the Nets? Desmond Bain was drafted yep. either by the Nets or, or the or the Lakers. I forget which one. And uh, yeah, the, whoever traded him, they fucking failed. They failed. I know. I know. I mean, and like we're not saying that as disrespect because we traded for Markel Fultz when we could have had Jason Tatum, who's in the final. Yeah, right we're now. we're not judging. We're not <laughs> judging. We're just saying we all make mistakes sometimes. Yeah. We're, we're just, just recognizing someone else who's made the same mistake. We just make more mistakes than everybody fucking else. Well, like. I don't. I, I don't even know if I would say we made more mistakes. We've had more chances to make a mistake. Yeah, we did because we've had us and honestly, us and Phoenix. Phoenix probably has more to show for it because they've been to the finals at least, and they were they they they're terrible. You know, the yeah. best team in the league this year. But I mean, we've had our moments where we were number one in the East. We were like, you know. Us and Phoenix have had us, Phoenix and Sacramento have probably had the most chances to get it right. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix has gotten what would you say three three players that they've drafted or traded for out of it: DeAndre Aiden, uh, Devin Booker, and Mikael Bridges. Would you say that? And then who, us, who would you like, say is more successful? Us who've constantly made it to the playoffs before since. Uh, 2018 or Phoenix who made the playoff twice but have made it to the finals. It's tough. It's tough because I would, I would say I'll go Phoenix. I here's the thing: if we're talking drafting, I would say us. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, as we already know, managing a team is more than just drafting. Mm-hmm. You have to also make the right trades, and making that Chris Paul trade is what put Phoenix ahead of us. They showed they because showed they showed life in the bubble because they they went undefeated. They did. In the bubble. They went undefeated. They did. They definitely did. But if Chris Paul wasn't there, we know that they would not. They wouldn't even be second round of the playoffs anymore. Because who would be their point guard? Cameron Payne. <laughs> like Campaign didn't come back to the league to like a year after that. Right. Um, so who? So you know, like you still Alfred have Payton? the same issues. Alfred Payton. Oh, Ricky Rubio was there. Yeah, the point god, the true point mm-hmm. god. Okay, who's uh, who's what coming off the bench behind Darius Garland right now? Yeah. No, or did they they sent him back to Minnesota, didn't they? No, they uh, he he went to back to uh, Utah, traded him back to Minnesota, and then Minnesota, I think he yeah, he's in Phoenix. No, he's not. I mean, he's in he's in Cleveland. No, he's not. He's not. No, he's with the Pacers. They traded him his contract because he tra- he tore his ACL for uh. Karis LeVert. Pacers? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
He was in Cleveland. You're right. Yeah, Cleveland traded he, him. For he was the right. he was one of the reasons for the hot ass start. He yeah. legit was one of the reasons. Like they they were talking about Ricky Rubio, in in the conversations for All Star. Mm-hmm. See, but but this goes back to my point. Why I was saying being a GM is more than just drafting because remember, like there was another decision that Phoenix made that also was part of the reason why they showed life in the bubble, hiring Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. A, sixer, a Sixers uh, assistant coach. Exactly, yeah. And M.A. Udoka. A Sixers assistant coach. Yeah. And we're, yeah. and we're not going to forget, next rumor, that Sam Cassell is being interviewed for the Utah Jazz job. If Sam Cassell gets over there to Utah and make the Western Conference Finals or the Finals, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And I love Sam. Sam, you Sam has been the main one working with Tyrese. I think and you can see it. I said this. I said this. I don't know if I said it last episode. The episode before that, I said Sam Cassell should get promoted to head coach. You should drop. Yeah. De- you should drop Doc Rivers, and give it to Sam Cassell. Get, come, come on, man. It's like we we've went through this before. Like we've went yeah. through this before, bro. We had Mike D'Antoni sitting on the bench. We had associates head coach. Well, if any time you have to hire a head a head coach to sit next to a head coach and literally babysit this fucking head coach, you should then fire that head coach. Brett it Brown was the sh- same with it was the same with Brett Brown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Brett uh, Brown, Brett Brown should not have. If you if you had to hire McDaniel to be an associate head coach, yep. Which did like you basically you just created a position, right? I mean, uh, instead of just firing him, somebody, somebody, uh, I think I don't know if it's Memphis or it's somewhere else. Somebody just got a host, uh, a promoted to associate uh, head coach recently. Uh, like I don't know why they would ago. do that in Memphis. Um, Taylor Jenkins just resigned a contract. I don't know if it was Memphis, but I know it's like one of those those teams. It's one of those, mm. or Houston maybe. Probably. Probably. Like Houston has a young. They have a first year head coach, so I don't it's know like, why they would do that already. Right. Um, you just basically showing him that you ain't. Got no, you faith, no in faith in him. Yeah, yeah, that would be like if they drafted. That would be like if the Eagles drafted a quarterback this year. It's like, bro, I had like you gave Jalen Hurts one year. <laughs> it's like, yeah, bro, it wasn't enough for me. I mean, yeah. that's, that's. But what, I. That's what the Kings do. <laughs> it is what the Kings do. Damn, that is what the Kings do. Which is another reason why I would say, but see, and that goes, the Kings are the opposite. I would say the Kings are the opposite because just like how Phoenix has made good decisions outside of drafting, the Kings have made pretty good draft decisions. They've just done everything else terribly. Like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Davion Mitchell. Recently. Recently, yeah. But because it's like they've just. Nick Stauskas, Derek Williams. Um, true. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein. Um yeah, that's true, but but at the same time, this is also part of management player development. Like, mm-hmm. how how much player development is actually happening in Sacramento? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, if uh, Marvin Bagley Damn. in Indiana, if he gets a year, a full year in Indiana, Pistons, Detroit, Detroit. I mean Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he gets a full year in Detroit healthy and he looks like how people thought he would coming out of college, who whose fault is that? It has to be Sacramento's mm-hmm. because you had this man on your team for, what, two years, and you barely played him. We could say that the same thing about us with Christian Wood. 
Yeah, but we had Joel. Joel did not play the year that uh, Christian Wood did. We had Christian Wood for two years. Mm, I thought, but Joel was on the team, though, I thought. Joel was on the team, but Joel was injured. He was out. The first time, yeah. it, w- it was but, Joel's, it was Joel, the year before Joel's first year, and then Joel's first year. Yeah, but once Joel came, you knew. Yeah. Like, you knew, it's like, all right, Christian's gone. <laughs> Whereas Sacramento has literally, like, they got somebody to replace Marvin back. They got an upgrade. They got, you know, DeMontis Sabonis. But prior to that, they showed no signs whatsoever of trying to develop him at all. They had Luke Welton. Even even Brett Brown somebody, even somebody like Alvin Gentry. No, no, no. I was gonna say even somebody like a, a oh, what is his name? Uh, was part of the Indiana trade. Uh, Not Tyrese. Smith. No, from Phoenix. The shooter, Buddy Hill. Oh, Buddy, yeah. Even Buddy was barely developed, but they gave him all that money. I think more so that Buddy could shoot, so it's like. But they never. Know. But remember, when Buddy was in college, he did more than just shoot. He was a scorer, yeah. Like Buddy's still Buddy, in Oklahoma, yeah. Buddy for a shooting guard has like pretty good size. Like he's he's got like there's no reason why Buddy isn't doing what Donovan Mitchell can do. Like that was what but what Donovan Mitchell does in the NBA is what Buddy Hill did in college. So instead of nurturing that, you was just like, all right, you're just gonna pretty much be a shooter. Yeah, I mean, you know what his draft day comparison was? Uh, D Wade, wasn't it? Who was it? It was Steph fucking Curry, bro. Yep, Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, that was that's right because Buddy Hill was a uh, Buddy Hill was the second after the because uh, you know every time there's like an amazing player. When players start coming out of college, they all they start comparing Every to year. this guy. The Steph Curry era of like comparisons has has I probably started with D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. then Buddy, then Trey. Trey's the closest. Trey's the closest we've gotten so far. So Can, certainly, I want to talk about Trey Young for a second because okay. me, me and Raheem had uh, gotten this uh, kind of an argument because I said uh, Seth Curry. Seth Curry, not Steph. Seth Curry is a better shooter than Trey Young, right? Mm. And I'm like, Seth Curry is like he just is a better shooter. I see Trey Young more of a Chris Paul, where he he's a Chris Paul in the modern era, where okay. he he can make that shot, but he shouldn't be taking it as much as he do because the percentages aren't does does not say he's a great shooter. Okay, so I, I would. The way that I would put it is like the difference between Seth and Trey is a lot like the difference between Steph and Clay. Where you could argue Clay Thompson is a better shooter than Steph. However, the reason why Steph, like just not 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 a better shooter, meaning like if it's five seconds left in the game and you want to give the ball to somebody, you're mm-hmm. gonna give it to Clay. I don't mean like that. I mean, just if, if you put both of them on the three-point line and had them put up 100 shots, the only person in the league who could probably beat Steph is Clay. Yes, that's true. But when we're talking about different types of shots, off the dribble, from deep, like just crazy-ass shots, Steph is the one you want taking those shots. Right. When you're talking about Seth and Trey, Seth shoots a higher percentage 
But some of the shots that Trey hits, I don't think Seth – I don't think you want Seth taking those shots. Right. Same thing with Clay. I don't think you want Clay taking some of the shots that Steph takes. So, like, literally, like, my point was, I – like, if I need a three to be hit, yeah, I'm taking Seth Curry. Yeah. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I – and I was like, take away the playmaking. Take away this shit because like, everybody want to uh, – he draws people in because he, so he kicks shit out. No, I mean, like, a shooter. Yeah. Like, Seth catch Curry, and shoot. Yes. Yeah, like, Seth, catch and shoot. Seth Curry is – I, I would trust way more than Trey Young. Now, he's not put in a position where he's a star. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, I could take this shot. All right, I could take this shot. He's more of a role player where he's go. I get in where I fit in. But, like, if I need a three, I'm going Seth Curry than, rather than Trey, Trey Young. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I would agree with that. But the difference is if I want my – if I want somebody who can handle who can handle the ball, facilitate, and shoot threes, mm-hmm. like if I'm looking for a point guard, I would take Trey over Seth. Yeah, no, I'm if saying, I'm looking I'm not, for I'm somebody not, who's just going to knock down threes, I would take Seth over Yeah, Trey. I'm not comparing them by any means like yeah. player. I'm, I'm comparing their shooting ability. Because yeah. I like the reason – one of the points I bring out is that Trey Trey shoots what 35 36% from 3. And, and that's he, the thing. But but see this is the thing though. This is what I think is really the differentiating differentiating factor. It's the type of shots. Also the think, type of shots that Steph that uh Trey shoots are just different from the type of shots that Seth shoots. It, they say, they play a different game. Would you say that they're stupid shots? Seth or Trey? Trey. You said the type Sometimes, of shots Sometimes, takes. absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes some of the shots Steph takes are stupid, but he's Steph, so you don't you, because you've seen him hit it before. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it's same thing with Dame. Like when Paul George said to Dame, "That's a bad shot," like that wasn't necessarily false, but it's Dame. So it's like if anybody's gonna take it, it's okay. him. Because so Dame, it's like Dame did a commercial where he was uh I think it was a Hulu commercial and they was like yeah you shot it from right there and he. Yeah, he was, he was like, like, this is far. This, yeah, this far. I remember that. He, he was, was like, like, was it this far? He was like, maybe it was best shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it's like, but at the same time, there's just certain players who you're okay with doing that because see, you've seen them hit it before. When when I simplify the, the argument. But if, that, if, you put, if you put Trey in Seth's position where he pretty much was shooting just catch and shoot threes, coming off of curls, coming off of screens, pin down, like whatever, I think his percentage would go up. It probably wouldn't be as high as Seth's, just because Seth is a little bit like, I, bigger and he's been doing that his whole career. But I think part of Trey Young's percentage is because of the shots that he takes. Like, if Clay shot a higher three-point percentage than Steph, I wouldn't be surprised. The, the thing is, is that I don't – it's not that I'm saying he can't be a better shooter than what he is or a better shooter, you know, compared to him. I'm just saying, like, when you when you look at it, it's just like Seth is there. Like Seth is, yeah. is a shooter. Like he's legit a shooter. I I think of Trey more like how, how I think of Chris Paul, where it's like you're a scorer. I don't think of you as a shooter. Mm-hmm. So when you when when my thing is when you taking these logo threes, yes, you can make them, but it's not a smart. It's not a fucking smart shot for you because that's you you don't shoot a high clip from on the line. So why the fuck are you shooting from? I mean on the logo. I would, my only argument would be that it's not a smart shot for anybody, really. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if Seth does it, I don't see him ha- shooting a higher. I don't. St- I don't. If Seth shot the shots that Trey shoots, 
I would actually see Seth having a lower field goal percentage than Trey does. And I'm still I'm talking about somebody who averaged 28 points uh, the last year. So it's not it's not like I'm I'm yeah. downgrading him as a player. I don't want to think Atlanta Hawks fans to make me seem like the bad guy, but I'm just saying like he 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 could put y'all in better situations if he took shots where it was more so suitable for him. Like because yeah. like it was a couple games in, in the in the in that Miami Heat series where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like what the fuck are you doing? Why are you taking yeah. a logo three when you haven't made seven already? Why why is the next attempt a logo three? I understand that it's confidence. He, he does he lives off confidence. You know the New York shit. But also he, he feels there's also shit. the there's also the issue of taking what the defense gives you. Like if Trey Trey's the focal point of that offense, so he's obviously the first. He's the focal point of the opposing team's defense. Yes. So it's like their folk their everything is centered around stopping Trey Young. Seth doesn't really have that problem because usually Seth is on the court with other great scorers. So he gets more open shots. He gets like the better defensive matchup. Like if we're playing Miami, like imagine if this is the beginning of the season and we're playing Miami, Jimmy Butler's not guarding Seth. Right. He's probably guarding either Tyrese or James. Unless, unless Seth or, uh, starts going fucking crazy. Exactly. Then he'll switch. switch. Yeah. Then he'll switch. And then Steph and then Seth will stop. Okay. <laughs> like, all that, all that shit stops. Whereas with Trey Young, it's like you got the best defenders on you from tip, so it's like you you can't you you don't get the same separation, you don't get the same freedom. So a lot of times he might see a logo three as his best opportunity because that's when he's just the most open. And and even and though it's still a stupid shot, my argument against that is that he's a he's an elite playmaker. So why but, settle for something? Why why are you taking what the defense is giving you when you could create a better shot for someone else? Because he's still the primary scorer on that team. So if he, even if he gets others going, it's not going to make up for the loss of his offense. If you cut, if you cut Trey Young's points in half, they're not winning any games. Yes. It's like Allen Iverson. Like Allen Iverson scored as much as he did because he had to. Mm. And if he didn't, they couldn't win. But, you know, with Trey, it's like, if you look at the rest of that team, who else on that team is going to give you 30-plus points on Nobody. any given night? Not you on know, any so given night. I mean, John Collins could chip in here and there, but not on any given night. You're, you're, you're yeah. right. I understand, I understand that from that from that um, perspective. So that's why I – like, when it comes to shooting, when it comes to shooting, it's hard to gauge unless we're talking about set shots. Mm-hmm. Like I would argue, one hundred percent that Seth is a better shooter than Robert Covington because they play they play the same role, and Seth is just better at it. I would say he's a better shooter than Gary Harris or, like most any other like shooter, like Duncan Robinson, or you know what I mean, like guys who play that same role. I would say Seth is one of the best in the league right now, if not the best. Whereas guys like Trey. There's really not too many of them to compare, and I don't think it's fair to compare them to somebody who's just a shooter. Yeah. Um, no, that's 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 more so my argument. I was like, Seth is a shooter. Like, you sign. Yeah, that's his job. <laughs> yeah, like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you pay Trey to do so much, and, but, you know, scoring and facilitating are kind of, I, wa- I want to say equal for him. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that's his Seth, position. Seth is the the shooter like he yeah you, you bring him on not to fucking play make 
he can uh, occasionally, but you bring him on to fucking shoot. Like it's yeah, you know what I mean. And he's one of those players that coaches tell like when the ball hits your hands, I want you to shoot it. Like don't I don't want you to drive and kick. I don't want you to drive and kick. I don't want you to try to make a play. Like the play is designed for the ball to go up when you catch it. That's the kind of that's the kind of player Seth is. That's the kind of player Clay is. That's why Clay scores as much as he does without taking any dribbles. Dude scored sixty points, dribbled the ball. On 11, eleven dribbles, time. eleven times, eleven bro. fucking dribbles. That's a number no basketball fan can ever forget. Never sixty points, eleven dribbles. No, another. That's that's incredible. Another. Step. And then a thirty point half. I mean a thirty point quarter. Thirty seven. 37, 37, 37 right. point third quarter. So it's like, that's what, that's part of why I'm saying like by that same logic, you could technically say play is a better shooter than Steph. But again, it's because it comes down to the type of shots. Like clay gets as many shots as he does because of Steph. Mm. So we, we mentioned what the Sixers should do in this off season. Mm-hmm. Do you think? How could I put this? Huh? Do you think they're actually going to do the shit that we think they should do? No, they never do. Mm. They never do, and it's tough because I, I guess I'm I'm entering a a, a era in my life as a sports fan where I'm starting to become a lot more understanding to ownership Mm. because ownership whether it's a single owner or ownership group or whatever they're in a pretty tough spot because everything is about timing if you make a move too soon you fuck up your organization for years if you make a move too late you fuck up your organization for years that's why i think portland and everything literally everything hinges on the decisions that the ownership makes so when we talk about like Daryl Morey or Doc Rivers or Elton Brand, like whatever, like anybody that's been hired or fired, at the end of the day, ownership are the ones who did it. Like they're the ones who hired Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who hired Elton Brand. They're the ones who okay Doc Rivers. Like so you kind of you kind of think sometimes like how does this happen? Like how do we end up with a coach and GM that just got fired from other positions. And we think they're the saviors of our franchise. Now, granted they're better than what we had before, but at the same time, it's like, how come we can't like Daryl as good as Daryl Morey is, he's definitely somebody who, and I would say the same thing about own brand. He's definitely a little fixated on the name. Yeah, like star we talked about that before. Remember yeah, they star had hunting. a whole the star hunting thing. Yeah. That's what I was about to yeah. say. The star hunting. We're a star so, hunting. Whereas, like, you look at teams like Golden State or Boston or where, you know, they just try to build good teams around the one or two stars that they mm-hmm. already have. And you wonder, like, damn, how come we can never just do that? And then it kind of occurred to me that, you know what? Good GMs don't get fired. They step down. Like, they step down when they feel like it, but they just don't. They're just not available. Good coaches don't get fired. Like, if they do, it's 
if they do, it's because something else is wrong and the coach just took the fall for it. Or it, it, like my like like Monty Williams is a good coach. Or the fact was, that he was available was just lucky for Phoenix. There was no point of that coach being in that situation, so that coach wanted to leave. Because the exactly. I mean, Doc Rivers, you could say, but Doc Rivers when Boston was trying to rebuild, yeah, Doc Rivers wanted out because I'm not a rebuilding type of coach. Right, right. But you should. Where be. then he went to the Clippers and went through like two rebuilds already. Yeah. So, it's, so yeah. Like when I think about some of the best and most consistent organizations in the league, their GMs have been there for decades. Mm-hmm. Like their coaches have been there for a while. San, Miami, San Miami, San Antonio, Golden State. Like they've had the Milwaukee. Milwaukee's had the same GM for years. Um, they just uh, no, they their their old GM that the one that drafted Giannis, um, uh-huh. is in Orlando. Really? He drafted uh Jonathan Isaac because because Giannis. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> But I thought I thought they still had the same guy from uh They might have the same like basketball operation guy, but I know their GM oh, okay, okay. is uh is a uh... But yeah, like every now and then some teams kinda get lucky, like Boston, you know, when they lost or when Doc Rivers left and they got Brad Stevens. They got lucky. <laughs> yeah, like that was pretty lucky. Toronto, when they fired uh, I forget his name. Al- uh, Dwayne Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey, yeah. Who they fired him the year he won Coach of the Year, and they just so happened to get Nick Nurse right after. Like that, that's lucky. You know what I mean? Like you could say Masai Ujiri. You know he he maybe has some foresight on that one. Same thing with the trade, the the Demar Derozan trade. Mm-hmm. Like you you could say that that's kind of lucky. The fact that that was Kawhi's only healthy year for man, like the past six years man showed up and left right the fact that they the fact that the, the one year they had Kawhi was the one year he was healthy like for a full year and like the past six or seven years like since 20 what 2018 mm. so it's like yeah when Z- when he landed on Zaza yeah that was uh 20 yeah 2018 that was that Spurs running yeah so it's like you know, some some organizations do kind of just get lucky, but then there are some that are just like super consistent. I think Miami, San Antonio, and Golden State are the best examples. Like Bob Myers has been there for forever. Zaza ended the Spurs dynasty. He did, because then he got injured, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Duncan retired. Yeah, Tim Duncan retired. Kawhi. Um, they tried to make Kawhi come back before he felt like he was ready. So then yep. the, his, he had a falling out with them. So I. Yep. I uh going back to our Sixers, our beautiful, destroyed, distraught pieces of shit. Um, I made the Sixers perfect off season, right? Okay. And, and and is it the perfect off season? You'll be the judge. Obviously, you can't see it because I I can't put the thing on there because I it doesn't show for me what I'm showing. It's it's very stupid. So okay. um, I'm gonna see if I could bring this down here. And then I can show, at least I can show them through this. Um, sorry. Boom. It's not doing it. Just just answer this one question for me before you start. Yes. In this perfect offseason, 
do we start the 2022-2023 season with Tobias Harris on the roster? No, we do not. Uh, we have okay. we have, we have somebody to fill his spot. Um, okay. Somebody so capable to fill his spot. Um, let me get this back. So, I'm going to start off with the little ones before I start working my way to the big ones. Um, I traded Jaden Springer, um, two second-round picks, to Detroit for Corey Joseph. Joseph, yeah, I'm big on. You Corey told Joseph. me this before. <laughs> I, I, this is this is not the same one. This is not the same one. I'm just big on Corey Joseph. We need a backup point guard. He yeah. does his thing. He can still shoot. Um, shot forty percent last year. Um, yeah. Then um, I proceeded to trade Paul Reed, Danny Green, okay. and a second round pick to Orlando okay. for Terrence Ross. Okay. The big one. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How much money is Terrence Ross making? Uh, $11 million. Paul Reed and Danny Green equal up to $11 million. Okay. 11.7 if you want to be technical. I'm just trying to think if Orlando would do that. I probably would have to add another second round pick in there. Well, yeah. But, but yeah. I, I think I should take... The thing is, I could, I if th- Danny Green's not really going to play... Second round picks are cool, but if you look at Orlando's situation, you're sending them Paul Reed, who's like a power forward slash center, mm-hmm. and their best players are not their best players, but they're really deep at that position. Plus, everybody knows. I no, think everybody not. knows they're that the number deep. one pick is going to be Chet Homer. They're 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 not deep at their center position because every center that they have is a free agent. Really, Mo Bamba? Mo Bamba's a free agent. Oh, okay. They didn't extend him. Um, okay. Wendell Carter is a power forward. Um, okay. Mo Wagner, free agent. Um, everybody else free agent. Yes. Okay. So Paul Reed, who can play so for? They would draft Chet and then have Paul Reed, I guess, as the backup. Yeah, and they're young. Okay. Uh, I'll best. I guess I would take one of the the second round picks from Pistons because Jaden Springer is a young talent. Second round pick. Give two second round picks to Magic. This is the big okay. one that I think. Is un- oh, also signed Gary Harris to a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal. Um, yeah, that sounds good. This is this is the one that uh, that it's probably unrealistic, but like it's it's in my mind. So fuck it. I traded okay. Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, Matisse Thybul, Tobias Harris, a twenty twenty six first round pick, our twenty twenty uh our twenty twenty pick twenty 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 two pick. Which is the twenty third pick this year, for right. OG Ananobi and Gary Chen Jr. Ooh, because Go OG can play power forward. Okay, him and Sabias are built the same. OG's a better shooter. Sabias well, is taller though, right? Sabias is an inch taller. Oh, all right. Six o- OG six seven. Sabias is six eight. Sabias is six nine. Sabias six eight. Tobias, really? when they when they measured him, he was six seven point seven something. Okay, and then in shoes, okay. they they did the measurements without shoes. They right, he was six seven. Um, Gary Trent, who's a shooter, who we know can get fucking hot. He kept Toronto like when they made that comeback. Toronto, it was Gary Trent. It was Gary Trent hitting kindly shots. De- yeah. T- Gary Trent plays defense. Gary Trent could play small forward. So now you have small forward who's six five, 
which Danny was six five, six six, plays doesn't play the. I think he actually plays the same amount of defense as Danny, and I think that the fact that he's twenty three, yeah. um, yeah, that's why I threw everything in there, because these two are very young, yeah, and they're and they're on contract. OG is on contract for the next three years, uh, seventeen point three million, um. Not the next three years, seventeen point three million annually every year. Um, Gary Trent basically the same thing over the next two years. Um, you slide them into you, you literally slide them into your starting lineup. Uh, OG replaces Tobias, that bucket getter, who's a better three point shooter. Gary mm-hmm. Trent replaces Danny Green, who's out anyway. Gary G- Gary Trent, like we said, sets that bitch on fire, and he wasn't even open some of the fucking times playing with Joel Embiid having OG and Gary there is going to be big. And then off the bench, we now have Terrence Ross to be our sixth man. And Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph to fill out the backup point guard need, which we really need. Obviously, this is in my perfect world. Some of the shit, I don't think Toronto does that trade. I I just don't think they do that trade. But this is my perfect world, so fuck it. In my perfect world, we win a championship every year. Um, And (laughs) Gary Harris. Andre Drummond. Uh, I did. I I, I and actually, Gary Harris. I actually gave the nod to you know who. I gave it to him. Oh, it's nasty, of course. Of I course. gave it to him. I gave it to him. Uh, uh, so our 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 bench unit would be uh, Corey Joseph, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, George Niang, Charles Bassey. All okay. sh- all shooters. Uh, Terrence Ross could get off. Um, Corey Joseph is a good playmaker. Also could shoot. Um, I think you will in the playoffs. You could run damn near anybody with them because uh, you know you, the rotation gets shorter. You know you put your starters, one of the starters in there, or two of the starters in there. Um, Tyrese Maxey could run with that second unit as well, where he could get to the get to the paint, drive, kick. You know, do a lot of things there. So this is my perfect Sixers offseason. What do you think? What I like you, it. What do you think? What I you like think? it. I think it's good. I think uh, the only thing that concerns me is. Defense and size. Where? In the starting lineup. OG plays defense. Gary plays defense. They do. Joel plays they do. defense. But would you say that OG is as good of an on-ball defender as Tobias? I think he's a better off-on-on on, on defender than, than Tobias. Okay. OG. Because is- I'm, I'm judging based off of what we just saw Tobias do against Pascal. And Precious. You can say that. You said that, because it's because now obviously OG practices against Pascal, but at the same time it's like we need bodies to throw at Pascal, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons if o- he comes back. O- OG's that guy. Okay. OG's that guy, and then off the bench you will have Gary Harris, who's not. Yeah. You know he's a perim- He's more of a guard. He defends guards. Yeah. So you, so might- I would say. I- I would I like it. I would just prefer maybe a little bit more size. But but I felt the same way about the Sixers before. I mean we I didn't really Tyrus like the idea of having Curry in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. And and Danny, like having Danny at six five mm-hmm. as your starting small forward when you got guys like Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown and like a bunch of six seven, six eight dudes. But if you like, if you look what you know, Golden State is doing. Obviously, you go Andrew Wiggins is six seven, but you also have points where Gary Payton is on him. 
and doing a yeah, good job. Yeah, of course. So, but but at the same time, Gary Payton is way more athletic than Danny Green. So he I'm makes talking up about for comparing it. him to a Gary Trent, where it's like. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Know? But I'm saying you still need one. Mm-hmm. You, you still need at least a couple because, like, Golden State has Andrew and Draymond and Iguodala. And like uh, Otto you, Porter. You, yeah, like, you want you, – you you usually want a couple. Um, Corey Joseph. 6'7", seven to 6'10", yeah. like, between, like, in that range, just – just bodies, just to throw at guys, like just as options. Because at the end of the day, if Kevin Durant is cooking OG, you don't want to replace him with Gary Harris, yeah, or Terrence Ross. You know what I mean? Like you want more bodies around the same sort of, you know, long, athletic, maybe. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I have just to be on the safe side. I'm not saying it's it's you know, it's going to be what kills us. But I'm saying, like, typically, if you look at the teams that have been the most successful, it's the guy, it's the ones that have, like, those six eight, six nine forwards that can just go out and just guard anybody. So, you know, when you do trade machine, you can post it, right? Mm-hmm. So I did. Um, Why'd you do that? That Raptors fan 17 says, Raps pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It anytime that's why I don't post them because there's all you get is negative feedback because I, obviously everybody thinks I, I got here. I got some I got some actually good one I have one from Toronto I have one from a fellow Sixer fan um, okay and then I have one from a Detroit fan um okay the Sixer fan says take out Toby Toronto would probably consider him a neutral to negative value on that contract anyway we need we still need a power for it is this you did you nope. respond to this trade. No, Send I didn't. Green but it to sounds Toronto. like somebody thinks the same thing as me. Send Green to Toronto. Get rid of get rid of the Magic Piston trades so that the salaries still match. Why would I trade? Somebody responded to him because I don't get the last part. The first part I can understand. The last part, somebody says, "No, nah, the Raptors don't even pick up the phone on this." Okay, damn, I'm trying my I best. Even phone, jeez. LOL, yeah, actually wants bias. I'm just reading this shit. I'm just reading this shit, bro. <laughs> don't even pick up the phone? Damn. I don't, don't I even don't know pick if that's true. D- Detroit is probably fine doing this, but it won't really make much impact for them. But it's not about impact. It's about a young asset that they were getting back. Yeah, D- Detroit isn't in a position where they're really looking for whole lot of impact right now like right yeah Jada springer would be better for them than uh a Corey joseph definitely um even if Jada springer doesn't turn out to be shit it's it's still it's just the fact that uh that he he could he could possibly blossom to something Corey joseph already is what he is Sean true you, right, but that's good. that goes back to what we were saying before about franchises and you know player development yeah. Some of them are better at it than others. Sean? Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Do, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, Do I have anything else I want to talk about? I guess. Oh, yeah, we do have one thing. Remember, you said you uh you shifted your uh your your, your oh, eyes, your keys. Oh, yes. You want at twenty three? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I I did this, and then we could probably wrap it up after this. Um, okay. 
my 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 eyes went from EJ Liddell to Wendell Moore out of Duke. Okay. Six five, six nine wingspan is Matisse with a three point shot. I don't know how he slips. I don't know what it, what people are not seeing. But this man looks like a, a real deal. I've watched so much um, film on this. He looks legit. Uh, and they have him slotted to go actually past us. He has great defensive potential, and he hits threes at a 40% rate. I that is That should be our guy. I think part of the reason why it might be age, perhaps age, because he's a junior. But, uh, I mean, other than that, see, that's the thing. Like, teams, a lot of teams these days pass on players because of age, but that is, at the same time, it's like you got guys like Donovan Mitchell who were a little bit older coming out of the draft, but I would argue that the extra time in college kind of helped him. Definitely. But, that doesn't that's not the same for everybody. You know, like just like how I was praising Kentucky earlier for like their guys always coming out ready. At the same time, the Harrison twins, you know, who were like the heart and soul of those teams. Yeah. Are, they came all, out very not me. ready. I yeah. think one is in Miami, but he doesn't play. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I can see why some organizations might be a little hesitant on taking a player who's been in college for that long and their numbers don't show that they're like cool super dominant because at the same time it's like look at how long look at tyler hero like like if you put tyler hero back on kentucky's roster right now he's easily the best player in college basketball so it's like you know you you gotta Sometimes potential outweighs the production sure. you get right now. Yeah, you cut out a lot, but we kind of heard. Uh-huh. Because he is. On paper, he's great. But the game. Oh, my bad. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you're you now. Frozen. Okay. Yeah. Um. He's you, he's only. Still hear me? Your yeah. screen is frozen. No, my screen. My screen's not. It's yours. That's going crazy. I wonder if it's my Wi-Fi. I don't know. It says I have four bars. All right, but but this and, and 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 to conclude it all, window window more is a perfect fit piece for us because. We don't care about age. We care about production. So if we do decide to keep the 23rd pick, I think it should be somebody who can produce automatically, um, coming to the league, who's league ready, and I think Wendell Moore is. Yeah, that makes sense. I think he is. That makes sense. I think, I I mean, and at the same time, it's the 23rd pick. Like, you're probably not getting a franchise cornerstone at 23. So it means that you would just draft somebody who can come in and at least contribute right away. And then if you wanted to trade Matisse, because Matisse has value, apparently pe- people value Matisse more than we do because we've obviously gotten to watch him. Oh, God, Sean's back. We've gotten to watch him, and uh, 
and see where his liability is. And obviously, I think Matisse works better with a a, a guy, a star who is on the perimeter more so than a star that's posting up. Um, mm-hmm. So his volume might be better there than here. So you might it might be like, a win-win uh, trade, like Roberson, like yeah. Andre Roberson when he was I, with o- in OKC. Yeah. Um, even that had a cap to it because Russell Westbrook couldn't really shoot. But like, but yeah, if 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 Matisse found a way to Golden State or some shit like that, that would be terrifying. Oh, yeah. That would be terrifying. I mean, not it would essentially be using him the exact same way they used Gary Payton, but he would probably just be a little bit better at that role. All right, and and before before we we wrap up, I want to talk about Draymond. Um, just okay. briefly, just briefly, Draymond needs to chill the fuck out like he needs the all the antics trying to take the ball from jason tatum when they was at a fucking timeout doing all this shit it's like bro i saw him and what really made me mad the reason i really want to talk to this and it popped up in my head is that he was clapping at andrew wiggins for missing the defensive assignment like and, and, and 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 like going crazy on him like clapping at him like he really did something wrong my guy during the fucking finals, you have more turnovers than you have points, and you're exactly. trying to get into, onto him. And I understand, I respect Andrew Wiggins for for not for like going okay or you know, turning the shoulders, whatever, whatever, whatever. Next play, um, I, I'm I'm gonna be there. But if I was him, <laughs> motherfucker, you we literally had to do use you for a defensive substitution. We had yeah. to take you out the game. Yeah. Yeah. You have fouled out more times than you have put up 10 points in this goddamn playoffs, bro. Like, don't don't hit me with that bullshit. He needs to sit down, bro. Realize, figure his shit out, and, and, then, and then come back. Because, like, like, I still have the win of the championship, but it's like Draymond, Draymond just does too much shit. He just, do, he just does too much. I think the problem is Draymond is one of those players, like Patrick Beverly, like you know, Udonis Haslam, like that's their role on the team is to kind of be on everybody. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to just be the, that sort of voice that's heard, even if they're not the best player on the team, like mm-hmm. they're the, and then uh, on top of that, like what we saw with, with him when Tatum, like he's the agitator, like that's his thing. Like he yeah. gets under people's skin. But it's also stupid because y'all weren't blowing them out until the end stretch to that, that fourth quarter stretch when y'all went up by 20 and weren't blowing yeah. them out. It was like a 10 point game. You get a tech, you get a tech, they get to put points on the board. It's like, bro, you, you it doesn't make sense. Like I understand yeah. you feel like you have the game in control, but at but the same time, like he that could swing something. At the same time, he probably feels like, you know what, if I'm not, if I'm not contributing in the way that I typically do, I can at least give you this. And if I foul out, I foul out mm-hmm. because if you're winning without me, that means I need to just find some other way to contribute. Okay. So it's like, I I can see why he's maybe not as concerned about not being able to play if the team is doing well without him. If the team was doing terribly, but he was doing well, I don't think you would see the same antics out of Draymond. I think you would see him more so just trying to get everybody else sort of on the same page. All right. I think because they're doing well without him, he's like, all right, let me just find a different way to contribute. It's like, a, like it's like, you know, what most good players, what they tell you is like, you know what, if your shot's not falling, play great defense. Yeah. It's like, if you're, if you're not doing what you're used to doing or what you want to do, do something else. 
just contribute. Just find a way to help the team win. And if that means getting under Jason Tatum's skin, if my shot's not falling and I'm not, like, contributing in the way that I want to or that I typically do, I'm going to just try and psych the opposing players out. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. If that's the best option that I got, then I'm going to do it. I'm so glad that you said that. If your shot's not falling, you do something else. Yeah. I've never seen Steph, Car- Steph Curry play defense. Like, I've seen him play defense in this finals. Yep. It is honestly, like, God, bro. Like, I didn't know you had this in you. Yeah. But, like, Steph Curry is playing, like, all def- all defensive player. Like, it might not yep. be steals, but, like, you're not blown by this guy. And this is one of the first times where he's had to, but also where he could without it being a detriment to the team. Because, like, for the most part. Because they have Jordan Poole. Yeah. For the most part, he's he's and Clay's back. He's he's on the Marcus Smarts, the Derek Whites. Um, yeah, but they haven't done anything. Um, yeah. So it's like, hey, yo, Steph, they've got the clamps. Steph got those clamps, man. Yep, yep. And the thing is, when you got a when you have somebody like Steph, and I will say the same thing about JJ Redick too. Like when you got guys whose game is built around movement, nine times out of ten, they're in better shape than you. Yeah. So it's like if they were to stop focusing on offense and focus purely on defense, they are going to get on your nerves. Like think about TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell was not a scorer on offense, but if there was two things that I can say about TJ was that he kept his dribble alive always. And, you'll get one and he did not steps. he did not stand still. Ever. Yes. I don't think I ever saw TJ McConnell on the court standing still. So if you're if you're somebody like him and you're not scoring, I can take all that extra energy and I can put it into just staying in front of you. There, there's a actually, I'm, I'm kind of happy you said that. There's like a new TJ McConnell. Yeah. Jose Alvarado. <laughs> Talking about Jose. Yeah. Jose Alvarado. Grant Theft Alvarado, man. Grant Theft Alvarado. I love Jose. I love that. Man. I love Jose. I, love that. I like Jose. He's like Patrick, but nice. Yeah, he's a nice Patrick. Uh, like, uh, Pat, I don't like how mean Patrick Beverly is. It's like, you don't do enough to be mean. Right. You can be annoying. You definitely do enough to be annoying. TJ McConnell, if you're playing against him, it's, I'm sure it's annoying. Yeah. I'm sure playing against Jose Alvarado Remember, is yo, annoying. TJ used to, yo, DeMar wanted to fight TJ, bro. Yeah. TJ was not letting him be able to get to none of his moves. He exactly. was right there on his counter moves. Exactly. Um, but to be annoying and to be loud and braggadocious and like this. Yeah crazy as Patrick is, I don't... That's when I draw the line. Yeah. At least if you're Draymond, you can say, well, I have a defensive player of the year and four championships, or three championships. And yeah. it's like, okay. Um, Patrick Beverly has literally nothing. Joel and... Joel, uh, got... Him and him and Joel got a tech. I don't know if you knew Who? this. Him and Jose got a tech against each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I remember uh, that. He was like, he was like, uh, in a pre- in a press game conference, he was like, come on, Joel, you should, you know, I ain't got money like that. Yeah. And Joel and Joel paid for his fine. That that yeah. was dope. that was dope. That was dope. yeah. They got a double tech. Yeah, I remember that. Jose ever. Like, that's the that's the cool that's the cool pesky player that you yeah. you don't respect. like not being on the same team as him, but you respect it. Yeah. And you respect his game. I'm I I can't name a whole lot of players who I feel like hold Patrick Beverly in that same regard. Uh, there was one, and I forget his name. He wasn't he wasn't in the league long, but he was just. No, I mean like a star. Oh, a star like Patrick Beverly. No, um, I'm saying a star who likes Patrick Beverly. 
Oh, okay. I was about to say because I was you was about to say a star like Patrick Beverly who like no. talk. I was about to say if you want to. I mean Jimmy. <laughs> I would go farther. I would go a Hall of Famer and I would go KG. Oh yeah, absolutely. KG. Absolutely. KG. Absolutely. Called somebody's wife. He called Mellow Wife Honey Nut <laughs> And you know what's crazy? I don't know if he's ever confirmed or denied that he actually said that. I mean, he apologized for it, so I guess because it was a he apologized for what he said. But he never said what he said. Mello. He basically said what I said to Mello went too far. Like that was yeah. it. He never went into details. When people ask him, like, did you really say that? He was like, Well, you know, I was I was talking a lot of trash and you know, I I went a little too far. But he never says, like, yeah, I said that. Because if he really said that, that's sick. Mello was like, waiting are... waiting by their team fucking bus, bro. Mello yeah. was waiting by the team Nigga, bus. I would be too. Waiting by the team bus. <laughs> Me too. Nigga, I'd be on the bus. And, 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 uh, I snatched the driver off. I'm like, fuck Garden, that. We going somewhere um, else. When Melo was at the free throw line, they was chanting um, Honey Nut Cheerios. I know. <laughs> the fact that not only he said it, but the fact that it leaked, like it got out. Like, now nah, that's going to follow you for your whole career. That's that's probably That probably contributed to Melo cheating. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably like, I, it would be too shallow if I divorced Lala over this. I got to give her a reason to divorce me. <laughs> Cause I gotta get out of here. <laughs> he do one of them fucking Instagram posts where they like, listen, it just didn't work out. It yeah, work exactly. Out. Listen, I don't even like Honey Nut Cheerios. I didn't, I didn't know that, why we were together in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> why'd you and Lala break up? Cause I'm a Frosted Flakes man. <laughs> we're Frosted Flakes. <laughs> I got tired of it. I couldn't take it anymore. I got tired of that shit, man. <laughs> all right, man. I think that's that's oh, it. Man. That's all. That is all, folks. That is all she wrote. And by she, I mean Marquise. So make sure to like and subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching or reading, not reading, what else do people do? Listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, make sure to add it to your favorites um, because I'm sure it's one of your favorites at this point. Yeah. If you're with us on episode three, you're just, you're hooked by this point. Shout out to Belgium. Shout out to Belgium. Belgium, we love you. Second. Our second highest, yeah, uh, most downloaded download, number yeah. downloads have come from Belgium. Belgium, shout out to Belgium. Why are you watching? I can't it? say I this enough, know. but we love you. We love you, and we love your waffles. We love you, man. We love you, Belgium. Yep. All right. I wish I knew something in your language that I could say that was nice. I, was I also wish I knew what your language was, because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Belgish. Belgish. But I was like, that can't be right. And that just, doesn't even sound right. And just like that, all of them have immediately canceled us. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your country looks beautiful. I hope to visit. All right. Maybe man. we can do a podcast live from Belgium while live we eat waffles. That would be Belgium. sick. That'd be dope as fuck, bro. It would be. I'm sure you have more than just waffles, obviously. I'm joking. But we will be getting waffles. Yes, we will. When we come, because I'm speaking this into existence now. We're, we're coming to Belgium. We're, we're going to Belgium. Yep. Right after, uh, where else are we gonna go? We're going to Disney World. <laughs> and with that, this has been the Untitled Sports Podcast. Have a good night, everybody, or Peace. day. I don't know when you're listening to this, but goodbye. <laughs>